0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and proceed him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves. For the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came towards them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. And once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout the tradition of the church at different times, um, the church itself has been likened to a boat. A boat where many people are a part of, but also that's in the midst of the sea and, uh, and weathers the storm. And so in our safety in the storm on the seas, we go to the church, and we find safety in this boat. One of my experiences, uh, similarly with a boat, um, like Peter today and the disciples, um, was actually I was, very, uh, I was very blessed to be able to go two years to the Naval Academy in Annapolis. And part of uh, training there was one of the opportunities was to go sailing on a 44-foot sailboat. And one of my absolute favorite experiences... Um, well, there's lots of great parts of sailing. But one of my favorite experiences was actually being caught in the midst of a storm. So uh, we were sailing up the Atlantic and a few miles off of shore. And you have different watch groups so you have two different watch groups. And so I was in charge of one of them. And so woke up in the middle of the night at probably midnight or 2 o'clock and basically relieved the other watch. Well. They kind of informed us that a storm was coming in. I'm not exactly sure where the storm was, but we still had all of our sails up at that point, uh, which meant that the storm wasn't exactly raging. But we put on our night gear, which is an extra life jacket. We, we strap in. We um, also wear you know wore rain gear because we knew that it was going to start to rain if it wasn't already raining. And as we were going along, as the storm kind of blew in, the waves got worse, right? So the waves started to crash a little bit more as the sailboat is cutting through and also one of the interesting things about sailing is that you need the sails up in order to continue to have headway to be able to steer but if you have too much wind it can actually break the sail uh, the sails or or the boom or, or different things and so you actually need to when there's more wind, you actually want to make your sail smaller and so we had our main mast up and we actually reefed it once because reef just makes it, basically means make it smaller. And then we actually had to make it even smaller. We had to reef it again, which I had never done before because it had never gotten that bad before. And then the wind actually got so bad that we actually took down the mast completely. Uh, it was so bad, but we still had a sail out in front. And, but it was a smaller sail, but even that was too much because the wind was so great. And so what we actually had to do was we had to crawl up to the front of the boat. And so me and another guy climbed up to the front of the boat. And then we had to unhook all the different clips from this wire that ran for the sail to be attached to it. We had to unclip all those as we're being rained upon as our boat is crashing in the waves. So we're getting pelted with rain as we're going, as well as, you know, as we crash in, we have to grab onto the boat because, you know, the water is crashing over us and we have to open up the hold and normally you'd fold the sail and then put it in the hold so that you pull it out you know it'd be good next time but this time we just shoved it into the hole and pulled out this really small sail that's called a storm sail it's orange it's a little bit thicker and it's really small and put that on and normally that would take a you know in a good day 10-15 minutes um that night it took us an hour just to change out the sails just doing that simple process uh and what's amazing is, you know, some people, you know, hear that or just even think about a sailboat in the middle of the ocean, and you're like, you know, just frightened by that that thought. I loved it. It it was it was it was great. It was such an experience. It was it was. Uh, um, I wasn't afraid, and I wasn't afraid. Partly because I was probably foolish, um, as the as the phrase uh, goes. Fools go where angels fear to tread, right? Um, I probably didn't know all the danger that I was in. I didn't probably, you know, I I was invincible, right? I mean, come on. Uh, But uh, I did have the confidence. It wasn't a completely unfounded confidence. I knew what the sailboat was made to do. I knew that there were other, you know, I knew that we weren't alone. And I knew that I had certain safety things in place. One of the things that I knew about the sailboat that gave me confidence, even though that it, you know, at different times it feels as though the sailboat's gonna tip over, I knew that this particular sailboat uh, was designed in such a way that even if the sailboat got flipped completely upside down, the way the weight distribution was and everything else, that it would flip back up. And so I wasn't worried about it capsizing or anything else, even if it did you know, completely, it would, still, it would still be upright. Um, The other thing that I kind of knew uh, for sure was that I had some safety. So one of the things is that we ran straps up and down the sailboat so that we could actually clip in and harness into the sailboat. So that worst case scenario, if I am up there changing out the sail and I got thrown overboard over the railing, that I wouldn't be stranded in the middle of the ocean. I would just be dragging behind the sailboat. And that wouldn't be very comfortable and wouldn't be very enjoyable, but I would still be connected to the sailboat and there would be a crew and I'd I'd be able to be picked up, right? So I wasn't going to be lost. And then even if that broke as well, that safety, you know, redundancy, I also had a life jacket on that would inflate and that I would be, you know, have a light and everything else. And I had confidence that my crew would call me in. They wouldn't abandon me. They would call me in and that the Coast Guard would would be able to, you know, come get me at some point, that the storm would go through, right? And so it wasn't a completely unfounded uh, ability to be able to say, yeah, there's a storm, there's danger around me, but yet I, I, I'm safe, right? There's danger, but I'm safe because there are things in place that make me safe, right? I think about that kind of relationship uh, to Peter today, as well as to our life. You know, when we're in the midst of a storm, a lot of the times we focus on all of the dangers instead of all the things that we do have. Um, the church is often represented as a boat, and I reference that because I think it's really important for us to be able to realize what kind of a boat that is. That boat isn't a boat like the disciples were riding in uh, this or in the gospel today, which could capsize, which could break into pieces, right? Uh, The church is a boat that, as Jesus promises us, that the gates of hell shall never prevail. We have a boat that can endure any storm. We have a boat that has Jesus as our captain who knows how to pilot it, even in the midst of a raging storm. Now, one of the beautiful things that I'll mention is there have been a few, um, St. John Bosco specifically had a vision of the church as a boat, and I think one really important thing for us to understand how that boat is anchored and continues to stay upright and steers, is he had a vision that the, with the church was anchored between two pillars, one pillar being the Eucharist and one pillar being Mary. And I think about that for our church as well. How do we continue to be pillared and anchored as a church is by the Eucharist and especially a devotion to Mary. And so that's just something for you to think about in the midst of that. Now, uh, often in the midst of a storm in our life, as different things are going on, and I'm sure the disciples did this today as they were trying to get the sail, sailboat Or the boat, whether they were rowing or whether they had a sail, I'm not exactly sure. But as they were trying to get to the other side and things started to break, things started to change, I'm sure that they started to blame each other. Right. That's human nature. Right. If if I was rowing, if I was taking care of that sail, it would have only been, you know, it would only take 20 minutes. But instead, you kept on screwing up. So it took an hour. And then now that's why we're in trouble. Right. If I was doing it, then it would be good. But because, you know, right. And so it's really easy to start to blame other people in the midst of a storm, in the midst of problems. And I would just say that's that's not a way to fix it. That's not a proper way of responding to the storm. St. Paul today, in uh, the second reading, we don't quite get it, he doesn't completely unpack it, but if we understand the context, he's actually responding to people who are blaming other people for problems. So the Christian community in Rome are, to a certain extent, blaming the Jewish people, right? Today we would call that anti-Semitic, right? So blaming uh, or, or um, specifically against uh, Jewish people. And St. Paul, who himself was Jewish, right, points out that, hey, I wish we shouldn't, you know, be blaming them as the scapegoat or anything else, or or they're not causing the problems. Like, we wish that they were with one of us, and we recognize that they are, in fact, the way that Jesus Christ comes to us. And so don't start to point fingers. Don't start to make a scapegoat. Don't blame other people for the problems, right? And I think that's really important for us today to be reminded of that. Because especially in a political environment, or just in normal human nature, when something goes wrong, we want to blame other people. But that's not a way to regain our peace, and that's not a way to be able to weather the storm. That doesn't help fix the situation at all. It just makes it, in fact, worse. And I would really challenge us as Christians to not Place the blame on other people. Yes, sometimes other people do wrong things and we don't want them to do those things, but they are not the problem, right? It's not that if they weren't there, if they were you know, taken out or whatnot, that then it would be okay if they weren't in that position, right? We're in the midst of a storm and things are going to go bad. And it, blame is not a way to fix it. And so what do we do? Well, uh, St. Peter beautifully, you know, in the midst of the storm, uh, looks to Jesus. And beautifully, he overcomes the storm by praying, by talking with Jesus, right? If you are the Lord, you know, bid me come out and let me walk on the, you know, let me come to you, right? And Jesus says, you know, if we had the faith of a mustard seed... We'd be able to tell that mountain be uprooted and be cast in the sea, and it would do it, right? Faith, all things are possible with God, right? All things. And so Jesus calls him forth, right? Come, just a simple command. And Peter actually steps out in this raging storm and starts to walk on water. Walk on water, not through his own, but through faith and through the grace of Jesus Christ, bidding him. But... Peter, uh, beautifully, I, I didn't notice this line until somebody pointed out to me as I was preparing for this homily, but it says, um, but when he, got, when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, the important part that I want to point out is the beginning. When he saw how strong the wind was, so instead of seeing Jesus, Instead of recognizing that he's walking on water, that the Lord is with him, instead, he turned his gaze and he saw how strong the wind was. And when he started to focus on that, he started to sink, right? Bad things started to happen. Thankfully, he cried out, right? Lord, save me. And, and Jesus did. But I think that's important for us as well to recognize Um, And I think this is one of the problems with media today, is that media today wants to incite us into looking at the storm and saying, this is the worst storm ever. How can you imagine we're all going to die? And Jesus says, "Hey." and history also shows, hey, we've been through this before. Like, God is with us. The church has endured for 2,000 years, and the church will continue to endure not because the storm isn't bad, but because we have the confi- our confidence in God. We have our confidence in Jesus Christ. And the storm isn't to be ignored, but it also isn't meant to take over our entire focus of life. We recognize that we have other safeties within us. We have a life jacket on. We've been baptized, right? We have the great gift that even if we fail, at times we have the sacrament of reconciliation. We're grateful that we're given life in the Eucharist. We realize that if anything happens to us, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And that God loved us so much that he became one of us and died for us. Those are the things that we have confidence in that outweigh any storm. Anything that might happen to us, anything that might happen to the world, we know what trumps it all. God. Now, sometimes we wish that God would make it a little bit clear, right? That he would calm the storm like he does today in the gospel. That maybe he would, he would show himself a little bit more powerful so that we knew that he was really working in the midst of this storm. That he really had the church, the boat, on the right path. But the interesting thing is, is that God doesn't... He sometimes works through the earthquake, through the through the driving wind, as we hear in the first reading But often, what's best for us and most important for us is in fact to hear him in the small, quiet, whispering noise that uh, the first reading talks about. You know, the earthquake passed, the winds passed. God is not in those things, but he is in the um, tiny, whispering sound. Now, I think this is a reminder for us as much as the importance is of seeing God in the big ways, it's also important to see Him every single day in the small ways. Also incredibly important for us to listen for Him in the silence. To be able to say, God, what are you saying in the midst of the storm? And the storm can be so loud that we can't hear Him. Well, we need to quiet ourselves. Remind ourselves of who God is. Put our eyes On Jesus, quiet our soul, remind ourselves that we are safe. God does know us and love us and is with us. And in that, we start to hear God. We don't hear him in the storm, in the earthquake, in the, you know, all the excitement that the media and the world wants to incite within us. Our peace is in the confidence of God. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to have faith, trust, and confidence in him. And he wants to do it right now. God is not absent in our lives no matter what is going on. Maybe as, you know, this kind of goes on, COVID, right, is the big storm. No matter what you think about it, it's a storm. But I would say in many of our lives, there are much bigger storms than COVID, right? Whether it's family relationships, whether it's cancer, whether it's some other health problem, whether it's some other situation in your life that you can't get a control of that is a storm. Come before God. Put your eyes on him once again and remind yourself that no matter what happens, you're safe with God. And so we continue to go to him and cry out, you know, bid me come to you and Lord, save me.